welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cami Scott, and today I am not joined by anyone. It is a solo episode, so I hope you're excited for that. I reached out to our community over in our group chat. I will have the link as always in the show notes if you want to join our group chat. It is so much fun. But I asked you guys what you want to talk about and what you want to hear on these solo episodes. So I'm going to pull from some of those questions. I also asked you guys over on Instagram if you had any cues. So we're just going to be hanging out today. I'm going to try my best not to touch the mic. For some reason when I do a solo episode, I end up like laying back and holding it and it's all you hear is like, it's not fun. It's not cute. It's not like funky SMR. It's just annoying. So I'm going to try not to do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I am having a really off day. I think you can probably hear it in my voice. I don't breathe a lot when I'm anxious. So I'm like, and I'm just like out of breath all the time. And my sentences are kind of like strung together in a mess. Um, but yeah, I actually just got done recording a podcast episode with Alana Cole. I believe it came out right before this one. If not, it is coming up next week. Um, and the episode was so great. It went so well. I had so much fun talking to her, but I was feeling so insecure physically, which <laughs> I always like struggle with which one's worse. Like, Sometimes I feel really insecure going into interviews and talking to somebody, and that's awful. Like, I hate the interview. I don't want anyone to listen. I feel like I'm just not on. But then when I feel insecure physically, I also feel like I can't fully focus on the interview, and then I also am, like, bummed about people watching that content. Um, currently still feeling insecure physically today because it is about an hour after that first episode. Um, I also like this is so stupid, but my camera was set up really poorly during the interview and I couldn't I couldn't figure out why. And Alana was so sweet. She's like, fix it if you don't like the angle, like make sure make sure you got everything set up like she was being so sweet about it. But I have a very small setup here in my office, so I couldn't figure out like what exactly wasn't working. Um, I, yeah, it all sounds so stupid. I think a lot of times when we're feeling anxious about something, when we talk about the thing we're anxious about, it sounds very trivial, which kind of helps. Um, but yeah, the angle's horrible. It's so close up on me. It's like from a from a bad angle that it, I'm not even looking at it. So I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't even use this. Maybe I'll just use the Zoom content because it looks so crappy. But I have really gotten better at letting things go and not dwelling on them and not letting them run my life and my decisions. Like, it's fine. It's one episode and I love the episode. I just don't like the way I look during the episode. Who cares? It's fine. It just like, it's so unimportant in the grand scheme of things and like what people on the socials for the podcast and who watch the podcast are going to see it. But most people listen. And you guys don't even know what I look like in these moments. Um, I think I wanted to be like super casual about it and be like, I'm not really going to get ready for this episode. And then it just, once I get in my head that I don't feel good about myself, it kind of spirals. But I am taking it back. I'm reclaiming it. I'm recording this episode when I'm still feeling not awesome. We did, however, fix uh, the angle of the camera before this, so hopefully it's a little bit better and less 
less in your face. That's how I would describe (laughs) the other episode's angle. Um, I want to share a bit more about my ADHD diagnosis. Um, I'm recording this on National Coming Out Day. And yesterday was World Mental Health Day, which often for me all go hand in hand. And I think for a lot of people go hand in hand, accepting ourselves, being ourselves, dealing with our mental health. They're all correlated. And I think sharing our struggles and sharing what we're going through with others is so important. I posted a video yesterday on YouTube where I very briefly in the video shared my diagnosis with ADHD and that I was going to be starting medication for it. And you were all so sweet, like so supportive and so kind and so thankful. So many of you are so thankful that I shared what I was experiencing. Whether you were also somebody who found out you had ADHD later in life or you're somebody who thinks that you have a lot of similarities to the symptoms I was experiencing and now you want to go get checked out. It was it was so sweet. And so many people were saying I was so brave for sharing it. Um which I found kind of funny because I didn't feel brave. I didn't feel like I did anything special. I wasn't scared to post it. I wasn't worried if people were going to judge or whatever. I I just didn't care. I felt tremendous relief when I finally got diagnosed. It made everything make a lot of sense. And I had already kind of figured that I – it was a big possibility that I had ADHD. Um, I had so many friends saying that there were signs to it. Even having a lot of you guys either listening to the podcast or mainly watching my YouTube channel saying, hey, I have ADHD and it kind of seems like you might have some similar symptoms to me. And it goes undiagnosed in women a lot because a lot of times we present differently. It's not the stereotypical like little kid in class causing a muck and being being a little wild like a lot of girls are really quiet a lot of girls are super smart and do great in school because they find ways to cope so I think all of the like stereotypical telltale signs weren't there for me so for so long I just assumed that couldn't be it um I don't completely remember what started making me think I might possibly have ADHD. Um, But there was like a series of events that happened one after the other. Uh, I was hearing friends share their stories about it and they were all signs that I would have never correlated with ADHD. But when they told me that that's how some people do present, I was like, oh, I kind of do that. Um, And I've always hyper-focused on tasks. It was the only way I could get anything done. I never studied growing up. I cannot tell you a time I actually properly sat down and studied for a test. I would just hope that I learned it well enough in class. And if I didn't, I'll make up for it with projects or something that I know I can do really well. Um, And I always got by and I had so many friends who were so good at school that I felt 
I didn't want to be the one who was doing poorly. Like I wanted to be like my friends and they did so well in school. So I would find ways to make sure my grades stayed up without studying. Um, And yeah, I just think there were so many ways that I would mask it. And I have dealt with anxiety and I've dealt with periods of depression. And I, I say periods because it really did come on and off. Um, I think a lot of it was probably hormonal related because since I've gotten my hormones balanced out, that happens very infrequently. Um, but I just didn't understand it. I couldn't really grasp what was causing it. But when I sat back and looked at the patterns, and I think that's really helpful if you are struggling with anything mentally as well as going to therapy, keeping a diary for yourself of just checking in. If you can just write every day how you're feeling. Are you happy? Are you sad? And trying to find patterns. Does it come at the same time every month? Does it match with your menstrual cycle? Does it come after a time you've spent a lot of time with a certain person or a family member? And I think seeing those patterns can be really beneficial. So I noticed that my patterns of feeling super anxious or depressed were always correlated with doing tasks or my work. I would get extremely overwhelmed. And for a long time, I was like, well, that's fair. I'm really busy. I have a lot going on. How could I not be overwhelmed? Like, I am barely staying above water, getting all my work done and making time for myself. And I'm forgetting to drink water throughout the day and eat because I, if I get distracted from this task, I'm never going to finish it. So I started noticing that when I would get in these spells of feeling really overwhelmed about doing work because I just couldn't complete things because I couldn't focus long enough, I would get really depressed because I would feel worthless. I would feel not good enough. I'd be mad at myself for not being able to complete these tasks and then they would pile on and I would get more overwhelmed and it would really just spiral out of control. So after getting diagnosed and starting medication, I did um, kind of like vlog diary, keep track of how I was experiencing it. I really wanted to get an idea of how the medication was working for me, if it was a placebo effect, if it was just because I happened to be having a good day. I I wanted to be super critical about it being the medication. I don't know why. I guess I just – I wanted to make sure that this was the right answer and that I wasn't just like having this false sense of everything's fixed when it wasn't. So I took a lot of vlogs and they're very rambly and they're just me checking in with how I'm feeling and how I'm adapting. And it's really funny. I think today when I was recording and feeling off and I hadn't taken my medication, I it was the first time I really realized how much it is working and how much the way I'm feeling and the way I'm handling things and the way I'm adapting is related to how much I can focus And it's wild. I'm 30 years old. Like I spent – I did all of my schooling without medication. I have made a career for myself without medication. And part of me is proud of that. Like I'm proud that I was able to manage. But when I look back and I see the way it affected me and my relationships and my friendships, 
it makes me sad and I don't want other people to experience that. I want people to be able to get properly diagnosed before it gets to this. Like these last couple years when I would have depressive episodes, they were really bad and I was just so confused by it and I felt really hopeless and helpless. Um, Even in therapy, I felt like when I was in therapy, I, I felt fine and I could really understand and I feel like a very logical person as well. So when I would talk to my therapist about what I was feeling, I would also be really easily able to say like, yeah, but you know what? I just need to do this and I need to do that. And like my therapist was always so proud of me. I was like, you really got to handle this. And I was like, I, I feel like I do. Yes. But in those moments, I feel like I have no control. When I talk about those moments, I have all the control. But in them, I just, I don't. Um, And I know I talked about how it would make me really sad when Taryn and I both work from home and I would be working on my computer and she would just come to be like, what do you want to do for dinner? Or give me a kiss on the cheek. Like the tiniest interruption, not a big deal, would maybe take five seconds for me to respond or give her a kiss back. And I would get so irritated because if I switched my attention for that small brief moment, it threw me off. I had to stay in that hyper-focused mindset or everything crumbled. And I guess I didn't realize that wasn't normal <laughs> and that most people don't experience that. And I think I just kind of like chalked it up as like a personality trait instead of something like neurologically off. Um, but yeah, I'm just so relieved to have that diagnosis now. Have a medication that I'm thriving on and feel really good on and feel like is giving me control again so if you think you might be struggling with any type of attention disorder I highly recommend getting checked out and you know I think another issue why this goes undiagnosed for so long in some people who present a little bit differently is even professionals can miss it I mean my therapist didn't bring this to my attention Uh, it was like friends and loved ones and people around me who knew those signs or who related to it so even if you've never had your therapist say this to you and you go to therapy already or your psychologist bring it up maybe bring it up yourself maybe say like hey I've been looking into this and I really feel like I relate to this do you think it could be a possibility or get a second opinion because I never had a professional bring it up to me until I went to seek it out. Um, I also found this YouTube channel. I don't remember what it's called. I'll definitely link it. And this girl shares ADHD and some signs of it that are not as common or not as mainstream as we would think the signs would be. And a lot when I was watching those videos, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's me. And it was really relieving and it was comforting to know that other people are experiencing this and I'm not, I don't have like just something wrong with me or I'm just off or whatever. So it's been, it's been really nice to understand everything. And I think that's the biggest thing, even like to link this to National Coming Out Day, 
when I realized I was gay, it was such a relief because I thought something was wrong with me because I didn't relate to my other peers or friends. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you just because none of people talk about certain things that you relate to or you don't hear about it or whatever it may be. Nothing's wrong with you. It's just that unfortunately our society tends to be accessible to one specific type of person and if you don't fit that you might feel like something's wrong with you or you're excluded but that's not the case it does it shouldn't be the case it's just about you finding out who you are and finding your people who get you and appreciate you and being happy with who you are and not worrying about anyone who might judge you for whatever it may be um yeah so that was my spiel (laughs) um I'm gonna continue sharing my journey with all of you on this um I will be posting a YouTube video including some of those vlog diary clips so if you are interested head over to my YouTube channel if you guys have any questions please feel free to ask me I don't guarantee I'll have all the answers but I'm happy to be transparent with you guys I think that's what makes this community so powerful that we can help each other and share information and share experiences and learn from each other so yeah I would love to do that um I feel like I've been I don't know it's so weird I feel like I've been in a little rut lately but it's juxtaposed by like feeling the happiest, best I've ever felt. So in my personal life, I feel amazing. I feel like cloud nine. I'm so happy with my friendships. I'm so happy with my home life. I'm so happy with my girlfriend. Like we had the most incredible weekend together and I just felt so lucky and happy. Just genuinely happy. And then when it came to work, which again is often related to my attention problems, I was feeling really low. And I think this last week I've had a lot of time to think about social media after the Facebook whistleblower came out and shared information and then Instagram and Facebook went down for that day and you kind of – we all got to see for people who make a living – from their social media it was scary it's terrifying to have all your eggs in one basket and a company have all of that control which I think there's a ton of things as creators that we can do or as small businesses using social media to promote your business you can do and that is not putting all your eggs in one basket but I think it's really difficult when platforms like Instagram or well Facebook in a way monopolized everything they own too much of things as soon as there's a competitor they scoop it up so then there aren't options and the thing I love about social media is there's different platforms that fit everyone's styles and skills I am not great at short form videos so TikTok is never going to be my strong suit I I feel too much pressure. It feels fake to me. Trying to be funny in like 30 seconds to a minute feels – it just doesn't feel like me. I'm a rambler. We know this. Like I want to sit down and I want to chat to y'all like we are best friends. And I want to do that 
over an hour long podcast or I want to do that in a YouTube video where you guys are seeing little aspects of my life. That's what I like to do. That's what I have fun doing and that's where I feel fulfilled. And I also love writing little annoyingly long captions, just spilling my heart out to people on Instagram and sharing pictures that I enjoyed taking, whether it be of my friends and family or pictures where I feel good about myself or I'm sharing my skincare. That's when I feel good. That's when I feel fulfilled. And Instagram kind of took that away. Like they're not rewarding photos. It was, it's no longer a photo sharing app, which is shocking because it's literally what it was meant for. And I get that they're trying to adapt and change so that they don't become obsolete, but they're then taking that away from the people who do share content in that way. There's just some people who it doesn't make sense to do videos. Like I think it's fun to watch TikTok videos of artists creating their painting, but they should be able to post a photo of their painting to Instagram and their audience should see it. And the fact that Instagram like isn't showing your content to your own audience who enjoys you and your content and wants to see it, I feel like there's a big issue at that point. I follow so many accounts and I'm horrible with names. So if I'm not being fed the accounts that I want to see, I'm going to forget about them. And I'm sure a lot of people are that way too. I don't remember to go like check up on my favorite accounts and I was going through who I follow because I was like, I feel like I follow so many people and I only see the same three people in my feed. And I found so many accounts that I forgot about that I love. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I guess they're not posting anymore. And I'd click their accounts and they have like five new photos that week and I didn't see any of them. And it's just frustrating. And I'm like, I get it. I know a lot of content creators are like, please just make sure you're always saving my posts and interacting with them and sharing them so that you do continue to receive them. But if I like a photo, to me, that should be enough to be fed that content. Like, I didn't like it just to like it. <laughs> I like it because I, I do like it and I want more of this. Um, and then there's so many issues with that where we're then only fed content that confirms our existing biases. And it's, it's so complicated. Social media has so many flaws right now. And I don't feel like there are clear answers to fix it. Like after watching the 60 Minutes on the Facebook whistleblower, I wasn't shocked. And I think that that's what was the most shocking thing. These statistics were horrible. I think it was like 13% of young girls have increased suicidal thoughts directly because of social media and 18% of young girls have worse body image and eating disorder thoughts because of social media that's astonishing 13% and 18% that is so many people and we're just not doing anything about it and that feels so icky which is why I really try to be transparent online and why I've been really vocal about not using filters and trying to post content when I don't feel my best because that's real. I don't feel great about myself every day. I don't feel pretty every day. I don't like my skin every day. I don't like my hair and my makeup and my clothes every day. And 
for the longest time and still, still oftentimes, I would only post when I did feel good about all of those things. And then that just lends itself to people seeing people's best moments and comparing it to their worst. Like I have a panic attack and I'm laying in bed and I my face is puffy from crying and I'm stressed out and I need to shower and I go on Instagram to zone out and I'm seeing like people on their vacations and looking perfect and flawless. That's not going to feel good. So I think if those same accounts who share the flawless stuff also share the less than flawless stuff, which is also flawless. Like you you are great because of all of these things about you and because of the downsides too. I think if we would be more open to talking about those things and sharing those things, we would all feel a hell of a lot better online. And it also sucks that it's like this free-for-all for people to just say anything they think or feel it's really hard and it's really sad and it's really confusing. Like I think not that it's okay, but I understand when little kids do stupid shit on the internet and say stupid shit or are rude because they don't know any better yet and they're learning. But I think when we were growing up, when I was growing up, I don't know how young y'all are listening, but when I was growing up, we were – learning the internet and social media as it happened so we didn't have blueprints of how to act and how to be kind on the internet we didn't have our parents regulating it because they didn't know what they were doing we were teaching them how to use it so it created this really toxic world online where if we have a thought in our head we have to type it and send it to the person and like we're all like performing for each other like I love TikTok, but it can be so toxic because things go viral so easily and people literally comment to be popular for their comment. Like they don't comment to say it to the creator and be like, wow, amazing, cool video or like, hey, careful about this. Like they're not doing it with good intention. They're doing it to get attention from other people and I think that's the problem We're all like hamming it up for each other and we kind of all turn into like the class clown who picks on the other kids to get a laugh and it has turned everyone into a bully. It's just really bizarre and I feel like people want to speak up before they take a second to understand what they're even talking about and it's really frustrating. Um But it it creates this environment for me personally where I go from like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to post what I want. I'm over everyone. I'm not going to please anyone. I don't care. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I want because as long as I feel good about it at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And then I'll see a rude comment or somebody just like not getting it or like judging me for something so stupid and I will just want to throw in the towel. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to delete all my socials. I'm over it. I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm like, it's not worth it. Um, And I've been having a lot of that roller coaster ride like every other day or multiple times a day. It is like up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, The other day I I texted my manager and I was like, is it bad if I just turn off comments? Like why do I – do I need this? Does it matter? And she was like, how about I go through your comments and I'll delete stuff so you don't even have to deal with it. But I don't know. 
I don't really know how to deal with it. I don't have any solution here in this rant. It's just it's just frustrating. Um, I have been really excited. I just announced my partnership with Victoria's Secret. And I, I don't know how much you all know about Victoria's Secret's past and the scandals. Um, but we all kind of collectively canceled Victoria's Secret for a while, myself included. I hadn't watched the Victoria's Secret fashion show for a while. I hadn't purchased from them for a while. I didn't support what they were doing, what their ethics were, what they were saying, what they were promoting. I didn't like it. One, I didn't feel good. I would look and I would see these women with bodies that I would never have and I found myself wanting that. And I don't think that's healthy. Even if someone's not doing anything wrong, I don't follow Instagram accounts that make me feel bad about myself because it's not their fault. (laughs) Their job is not to make me feel good. And if I get hurt by someone being like taller than me, skinnier than me, prettier than me, whatever – That's not on them. That's on me. So I don't follow those accounts. So I think that's what started it when I kind of pulled away from supporting Victoria's Secret. It was, I don't feel good about it. So I'm just, for me, doing this. And then there were comments made that were transphobic and fatphobic. And I saw that they were harming other people. And then I really threw in the towel and was like, this company's got to go. And that that sucked. I used to love buying their bras and products. They were great. And I had to let it go. And I did for years and years and years. And then I saw them try to make a change and fix it. And at first I was like, "Mm, performative. No, only doing it for the dollar. Not genuine. And I didn't think it was. And then recently over the last year or so, I have seen the company make amazing progress and amazing strides and I have been so excited because that's what I think our world needs it needs to be holding people accountable calling them in making them work on themselves whether it's your favorite celebrity athlete company influencer making them go do the work make it right and then come back because I don't want to support brands who have just always been perfect Because that's not realistic. I haven't always been perfect. You haven't always been perfect. No one's always been perfect. And we probably aren't perfect now. We definitely aren't perfect now. I've made a lot of mistakes. I know I have said offensive stuff in my past. I have had people reach out to me in my Instagram DMs and say, hey, I know you really care about doing the right thing. And you said this thing one time and it really offended me. And I have had those conversations with people and it has been really eye-opening and If you can sit there and act like you've never done anything wrong, you're lying to yourself and you're not reflecting on who you were or are because it's not realistic. And I feel the same way for brands. I'd rather support a brand who is able to acknowledge the mistakes they've made and go, we want to make this right because this is not what we want to support. They fired everyone at the top. They brought in new people. They've completely changed the structure of their business to do the right thing. That to me is so much more commendable than if a brand has just kind of always gotten away with no no scandal, no flaw, no nothing. Because you know what? If you're in the public eye long enough, you're going to have something that someone's mad at you for. And that's okay. You will make mistakes. It's 
it tells so much more about somebody, how they handle their mistakes and how they recover from them than making the mistake typically. Obviously, this excludes some atrocious things that just cannot be fixed. But I hope we can move to a world where we are excited for people to do better. I feel like I feel like we root for people to fail. I feel like somebody becomes your favorite, whatever it may be, and then we're kind of just waiting for them to mess up and hate them. It's like we don't want to like people. We don't want people to do well and succeed. And it makes me really sad. It makes it a really rough world to live in when you know that if somebody slips up or a company slips up, that's it. Because that's not life. It's just like, ugh, it just makes me so bummed out that that's where we've gotten to. Because I also think it makes people want to hide their mistakes. And there's, there's no power in that. Because if you've made that mistake, I bet you're surrounded by people who have as well and probably don't know that they did because of the way they grew up or the way they think that they don't realize that what they've done or said is wrong. So if you are capable of going, hey, I did this thing. I said this thing. I used to have this thought and believe this thing that is incorrect and wrong, but I know that now. And this is what I've learned. And this is the work I've put in. And I really encourage you all to do the same. That's so much more powerful. I often think about the situation that happened with Hannah Brown from The Bachelor when she sang the N-word on a live Instagram. That was awful, clearly. However, I'm so glad that that was filmed and that we did see that. So she had to take that moment to reflect and then went and spent time learning and understanding why that wasn't okay. Because you know what? That could have easily, and I'm sure has, happened with no cameras around, without the world watching, without anyone seeing any of that. And her friends not batting an eye because they all do it too. And they don't understand why that that is so incredibly wrong. But because it happened publicly and she was held accountable She went and worked on that and I think her doing that work then helped so many other people. I remember reading the comments right after and there were so many people, so many white people, mainly white women to just be blunt, in her comments being like, you're good girl, don't worry about it, which is insane because it's not really your place at all to forgive and say that that's okay and she flat out said, do not do not defend me right now. <laughs> like This was not okay. I don't want you to defend me. I'm not defending me. I'm wrong and I'm going to go do the work and share it with you guys so that hopefully you can go do the work. And I bet that that whole ordeal happening and her handling it and educating herself helped so – like she has millions of followers in so many – of I don't know how, what percentage, but I bet a high percentage of her following were singing the N-word. And now, hopefully, a large majority of them are reflecting on that and not doing that. And they woke up because of that. So I think if we create this world where we don't share our mistakes, we don't help other people learn from those mistakes. We don't grow together. So... 
again, you know, I'm sorry. These <laughs> these episodes that are solo end up in crazy long tangents. But it's not that it's like, oh, cancel culture is so toxic. I mean, yeah, cancel culture is extremely toxic. But that doesn't mean we don't get to call people out for doing bad things. Of course we do. But it feels like currently the goal is to ruin people. The goal is to make everyone hate them, to make them fail and make them literally never be able to succeed or live a happy day for the rest of their lives for things big and small, oftentimes for really tiny things that people are just not happy with. And that's that's not going to create a world for progress. The goal should be positive. The goal should be education. The goal should be progress. And it doesn't feel that way. It's like everyone throwing stones at each other's homes and like trying to divert attention so people aren't looking at them and their mistakes. And it just feels so counterproductive. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I really challenge you all the next time you are going to judge someone or comment on someone's post on social media, whether it's trying to make them aware of something they've done wrong or just share a funny comment or just whatever. Share any opinion or call them out because you disagree with their opinion. What is your goal? I would love if everyone before they type and before they say things, question yourself. Say, what is the point of me saying this? What does this do for me? What does this do for the person posting? And what does it do for anyone seeing it? And if it's not good intentions and it's not going to do anything good, maybe let's not post that. Maybe let's not do that because it's not adding anything to this world. You're not adding value. So why? Why do it? Um, and I like I don't say this to be preachy because I know I have judged people. I know I have said things to people online, I'm sure. Well, honestly, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been an internet troll. I'm not going to lie. I think it's the worst thing in the world. But like I don't know. There, I'm sure there's a moment where I was overly critical or I said something that I shouldn't have. And I'm sorry for any of those moments because it's just not fair. I'm not fucking perfect. So what right do I have to judge other people for the mistakes that they've made, especially especially if they're working to be better? Um, anyways, <laughs> this was all over the place. I don't know why I even say that. Of course it was. What more could you expect? Or what, what less could you, no, yeah, what more, could, what more would you expect from me? Um, or what else would you expect from me? That's, I think that's what I was going for. I asked for some questions on the uneducated Instagram. So we're going to run through a couple of those before we wrap this episode up. And I noticed that a lot of people have asked questions on confidence how you get yourself back up from a slump in confidence in yourself. Yeah, there's oddly right now a lot of people feeling a little low. And you know, I think I kind of answered this already throughout the episode, but I also feel like we're really judgmental of ourselves because we've been so judgmental of other people lately. Um, Yeah, so many questions on self-love. 
I think the best way to handle this is to take a moment to yourself and write down the things that you are proud of, that you are excited about, that you feel good about yourself. Because I think, unfortunately, the negative things sound so much louder that if we are feeling bad about our body that day, even though we think we're so smart and we're so talented and we love our eyes, we focus on the one thing that we don't love. But if you can make a list of all of the things that you do love and that you are happy with and you're glad that you have your dog and your school or whatever it may be, I think taking time to feel gratitude quiets down those negative thoughts a lot. Um, okay, someone said, have you ever dated someone who's in the closet while you were already out? Oof, this can be really tricky for all parties involved. Um, yes, I have, and it was very bizarre. Um, I think because I was still quite young, so I was, I was out completely, but I wasn't, completely confident in myself and my sexuality so then being surrounded by people who didn't know and who didn't know my girlfriend was gay and thought we were just friends made me feel like there was shame about it and it it really set me back and I don't think I noticed because I was like well I love you and I'm happy in the relationship and I of course didn't want to pressure her to be ready before she was I think that you can't do that um but I think if I was talking to my younger self, if my younger self was my sister or friend or kid, I would, I would want them to know how difficult that is and how painful it is and that I don't have to be strong because that person isn't out. Like I'm allowed to experience that and have a hard time with it I think I felt guilty if I got sad about it like I just remember there were moments where I had to like let boys flirt with her and like there was a moment where one time she was out at a bar and one of her guy friends like kissed her and she didn't know what to do because she couldn't say she didn't have a boyfriend but I was like oh you still didn't have to let him kiss you like It just made me feel like I couldn't set my boundaries because I didn't want my boundaries to infringe on her boundaries. And that's not fair. Um, I I think you can do it. I think there's definitely ways to navigate it, but it takes a lot of communication and it takes both parties sharing their emotions. You can't be the stronger one because you're out and you're protecting them. You have to also share that this is going to be hard on you. And you're going to feel maybe like they're ashamed of you or that they're not proud to be with you. And those are valid feelings and those are scary feelings. And you can't just brush it under the rug because you want to protect them. So I think it's manageable if you guys communicate openly and can really talk about these things and respect each other. It has to go both ways. So please don't suppress your feelings to make them feel better. Um, okay, let's see. Um, how to talk to new people. I'm in my freshman year of college. I am the worst person to ask for this because my freshman year of college, I could not talk to anyone. I was terrified to make new friends and it left me feeling depressed and lonely and miserable. Um, 
Cammy now, who's confident, would just be like, just go do stuff that you love. And that way, you know, you're having similar interests. Like if you like to run, go to the track and spark up a conversation with someone and start a running club. Or like if you love to read, start a book club. Or if you're in the cafeteria eating and someone got the same meal as you or is like studying in the same class as you, like find common ground. I guess is the best advice I can give to talking to new people. It's easier to, instead of just jumping into like, hey, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? Let's be friends. Being like, oh my gosh, you love that author? Me too. Which one is your favorite book? Like, that's so great. Oh, you know what? I was actually thinking about starting a little group where we meet Monday nights. I just thought it could be fun to get to know people. Everyone is new freshman year of college so I think like that gives you a little bit of an advantage that everyone is kind of searching for new friends it also is hard because with that newness I think people are quick to clump together and latch on to each other and feel a sense of belonging but there's so many unique people in college that you can find your people I think instead of focusing on like Finding friends, focus on doing things that bring you a lot of joy and there will be people there and you will become friends with them. Um, okay, that is it for today because this episode's running so long. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging out with me today. If you made it through this whole episode of me blabbering on, you are a real one. And if you want to be involved in any way in future episodes, make sure you are following along on the Uneducated Instagram and the Uneducated group chat on the app Geneva. It is Guys, I know I like hype it up and I'm like, ah, it's so fun. But it is so fun and it's so nice. We have such a good group on there. We talk about things. We give advice. We laugh. It's so nice to just have this group of people that's always there to talk and bounce ideas off of and have support from. So come join us. We'd love to hang out with you too. I hope you enjoyed this and I will see you all next Monday. Bye. Bye.